the Banowitz Podcast. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello again. We are back with Leanne Eddins. This is Sarah Banowitz, and we hope everyone is doing really well. Let's jump right in. So recap what we talked about last time. Okay. Last time we were talking about design thinking yes. and about how you can use that uh, just about in any kind of... I've been using it as a graphic designer, but, but one could use it to uh, try to solve just about any problem that they face. Any problem, I love that. Just about. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We talked about um, basically a three-part uh, methodology that I put down into six. We talked about empathy, how you really have to know uh, your customer or know the facts, do your re research, get in touch with the person that you're trying to communicate with. The next is definition, to define the problem, define what you think is the solution, define the parameters, define the people that you're talking to, def just to make sure that you're um, looking at the looking for the right solution and then comes ideation prototyping and you do as many of those as fast as you can and get as many ideas out there then you work toward refinement and as you work toward refinement you you go into the next phase which is testing as you refine you start to test first internally and then with uh, stakeholders or or focus groups or that kind of testing and then you go larger and larger until you finally get to that final product that you deploy and then once you deploy you're still gathering information you're still getting uh, feedback and you may go back to empathy and define uh, to uh, look at some modifications again to prototyping when you're making new changes and then deploying again, testing and deploying again. Which just ends up being just what you do with your company, and just then cultural. That just, that just becomes that kind of cultural product evo evolution. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone wants uh, go back and watch the previous video, listen to the previous audio to yeah. dive into that deeper. Yeah. And then today we're going to talk about branding being boring. Yeah. Branding is boring. <laughs> and I have been a uh, brand designer, a logo designer, and a uh, logo cop uh, for most of my career. And branding is boring if you're doing it right. I love that. If you're doing it right. <laughs> At least to the in-house creatives who are churning out new material day after day. Yeah. For them, it can get quite boring and it should. Yeah. Okay. But personally, as a designer who's been in that situation working for uh, corporations and working for design studios... What I find is, for me, is to find out where the edges are, work along the borders of those edges, um, look to come up with something new within the constraints of the problem, which is a big part of, of the design thinking paradigm anyway, is that there's always constraints to a problem. There's always limitations. There's always factors to be considered. In this case, it's the brand standard that is to be considered. Above all else, the typography, the colors, you have to stay in line with those things. And we talked about last time how that helps with your communication, your communication with your customers. Absolutely. So that they don't get confused about what what it is that you offer exactly it's just like when we present ourselves to groups of people 
people recognize our faces and they recognize who we are from this, one group okay, to another. This, this actually reminds me of a funny story and I can't remember where I heard this. So I'm sorry if I can't remember where I heard this, but there was an employee of a company who would, during her lunch hour, go and get her hair and her makeup and her clothes completely redone. Like in the morning, she'd have brown hair and in the afternoon, she'd have purple hair and a completely different outfit. And and customers were getting confused because they did not know who they were. To- they didn't know. They thought it was a completely different, a different person, person that was they would start a meeting in the morning. She'd go to for lunch, come back and it would be they would be like, where was the person that was here before? And yeah. it was her. <laughs> but if your branding's like that, it's really confusing. It to people. really is confusing to people. <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny story. Um, I know that uh, I grew up with a fella who lived down the road from us who was friends with my father. Uh, he was a young man, but every time he saw me, of course, I was growing up, but my hair would change. I'd get a new haircut. I'd be two or three years older. And he always exclaimed how he never who- knew who I was, that it was always a surprise to him. <laughs> You don't want your branding to be a surprise to your customer. You don't want your branding to be a surprise to your customer. And while branding does evolve and mm-hmm. it, it changes over time, that, those changes should be small enough that your it customer, your customer. That it doesn't shock your customer. Tropicana Pure Premium had a situation a few years back. It's probably been about six or seven years ago where they redid their entire product line, the packaging, everything, and people were like where's my orange juice okay now you might not know this is this is who it is but it's the one with the orange with Mm -hmm. the straw in it okay they 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 got rid of that and did a new streamlined version they spent money tooling this goes back to our other point about finding out the uh, problems late in the design stage Uh they had already pre packaged and put out on the market this new brand that no one could find their orange juice now and people complained so much that they reversed and went back to the old they thought that it was a new company and they didn't trust it they were looking for they couldn't find their orange juice anymore. And so in that case, uh, I believe heads rolled. I think the marketing <laughs> department had a total restructure after that. And then they had, you know, maybe millions of dollars worth of product out there that they couldn't sell under their brand. And they had to not only they rebranded and then they had to go and backtrack wow. and retread. Wow. Their rebranding efforts. So yeah, those are big, expensive branding efforts where they really didn't use the design thinking methodology because they did not test it with the right people. Yeah. They may have tested it internally, got all those write-offs and approvals and went into production and got it out on those shelves. Well, and they might have been looking to get a new audience, but not realize that you can't, you can't let your old audience go at the ethics. Yeah. No. no. So (laughs) it's an important thing to consider. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and branding can make or break your company. It it really yeah. can. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. Uh, I think Google is the only one who can change their brand on a daily basis and get by with it. Yeah. Well, they change pieces of it but the core is still the same. Like even when they make the little the new little Google picture, it's still using the same colors. Uh, basically and Somewhat, kind of basically or... the same type but the difference with google okay. and with you and me is that they get millions of impressions per day they're yeah yeah uh, they've impressed they me get at least break the fi- rules they do get to break the rules they do because 
when you get millions of impressions a day, you can change your logo every day too. Facebook changed the color of the blue on their um, app. On the Messenger app? No, no on, on the, the main face- Facebook app. I noticed it and I and I and I mentioned something and I looked it up. I think they might have gone I don't remember, but anyway, yeah. But companies like Facebook get that freedom to do that kind of stuff to some extent. To some extent. To some extent. Yeah. But most of us don't. Most of us do not. <laughs> also, when people say, oh, we'll just use the logo, it's like Nike. No, it's, again, not like Nike. <laughs> because we're not getting that level of, they've, they've invested millions of dollars to get that kind of brand recognition. Yeah. Although the Nike logo itself was a cheap logo. Did you hear the story about the Nike logo? The no, swoosh? but I'm sure it was a it was probably a $50 logo it that was, he got some, from somebody who just did it and yeah. they they just ran with it and Later on, I think that I think there's a story about that. Later on, I think they went back and paid her more money or something, but yeah. <laughs> That's that's what happens. That that is what happens with us designers. You, know, you just never know what's going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> but you know unlike unlike actors and actresses who do get royalties designers really don't i actually know the guy who did the energizer bunny he's with an agency in chicago and he was on the team that came up with the energizer bunny like 25 years yeah. ago and he's never made any more than his salary off of that you know but that thing is still running it's yeah. still you know i'm surprised he didn't put residuals in his no no oh. one, no one does. We are work for hire. <laughs> you should know this. Well, nowadays, <laughs> but back when the Energizer Bunny. No, it was all work for hire. Oh, still, still. So my grandma um, worked her way up to uh, vice president of a marketing agency. And uh, when I first started getting into marketing, that was one of the things that she nailed home with me is she said, you better get residuals into this now i'm not right because that's not the way our society is today right right but 20 or 30 years ago at least yeah she was forward she thinking was there. she was she was she had the right I- yeah. she had the right idea and it was well because i had started i had started doing some branding for my parents company and obviously i wasn't going to charge them residuals for that but yeah she walked into warehouse auto and saw my work on the wall and she goes you bet you know residuals sarah residuals and mm. i'm like okay. <laughs> I know, if only, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to share with our audience? Well, we had started about branding yes, being boring Brandon and boring. why it's boring. And um, the thing about doing it right uh, is about consistency. Yes. Even though we've been talking about the examples of inconsistency. <laughs> yes. Consistency is paramount to yeah. any branding effort. Yeah. And you don't even have to have an expensive logo to be consistent yeah. with it. Um, a lot of small businesses, especially, this escapes them, that they don't use the opportunities that they have to get their brand out there mm-hmm. every time they can. I get a little logo happy myself, uh, you know, my logo. And then, like, if I wanted to, whoops, flip things around. So it's everywhere. Love and um, I love it. You know, it's it's a shame I'm not wearing green right now uh, that would further <laughs> enhance that brand. But green doesn't really look so good. It's just one of my favorite colors. Yeah. But um, those are the kinds of things, though. You do them again and again. Mm-hmm. You just keep putting it out there. And your brand is more than just your logo. 
It's everything that you put in front of a consumer. Yeah. So if you're a, a storefront, you're going to want your people to carry your brand forward as well. Yeah. But uh, getting back to the designer, staying in my lane a little bit, uh, getting back to how the designer has to deal with branding, it's, it's the, that they really need to be the ambassador. They're the one that puts it forward and makes sure that everything comes out well. The efficiency about that is that corporations are then able to iterate faster. They can have a lot more collateral without all the uh, slowdown of, oh, what are we going to do this time and how's it going to look? Well, you know how it's going to look, at least from an overarching standpoint, uh, you'll have some of your brand assets that are that are beyond your logo. You might have a certain way you do do things. Uh, there are some brand standards that have backgrounds, like my background here. I'll use that over and over again in different kinds of applications, patterns, um, certain places that you always put things on a page, whether it's on a website or, you know, on a mobile app or in your ads, whatever you do, that you maintain a consistent mm -hmm. flow all the time with all these graphic elements. Uh, using a, a term I coined back in my university days with a recurring graphic element. We used to have a lot of trouble with brands, uh, with our branding, and then we'd have divisions within the, uh, the hospitals and clinics that wanted to do their, do brand, do their own logo. Mm -hmm. Well, University of Iowa hospitals and clinics was the logo. Yeah. And for to allow a department to have its own logo would then not benefit them ultimately. No. Because there's there's a halo effect with having a big brand, a big recognizable yeah. brand. So um, we would allow a recurring graphic element to further define and differentiate slightly among these departments. But those recurring graphic elements should and could be used within any branding structure to reinforce the design and to be more elements that the designers get to work with. So they can put those together in many creative ways. Yeah. A lot of times, another thing with branding, especially for uh, smaller or middle-sized middle companies, is templates. I am an advocate of templates and oh, I know designers everywhere are going, no, no, <laughs> don't make me work within a template structure. But that is an economical way for people to, to put their brand out there consistently, especially if they don't have designated designers working in their Well, and I'm sure departments. it frees up for someone like you. They, I mean, it's probably going to, well, we're talking about branding being boring, but to make it a little less boring that you don't have to be working on the little nuanced things that you've created this template and then they can modify, you know, the client can modify, or you can modify it super mm -hmm. quickly so you can get back to design. Well, uh, branding isn't boring when you're designing the package. Yeah. No, no, when you're designing, but if, when you're the one who's you, making the rules, but if you're, yes, that part you get back to because, you, but then the exactly. little things like, um, what's the, this flyer going to look well, like? Yeah. Or even just the business cards. Oftentimes, I mean, you just need to change the names and the contact information. Exactly. It's the same and to have that be able to be systemized and done really quickly. Perfect example is the business card. They don't, they shouldn't, they should all be exactly yeah. the same. 
as exactly the same yeah. as possible. Given and you co constantly have people coming and going. And exactly, but there's a lot of stuff that would be, for instance, uh, white papers yes. are a big thing now. Yeah. So white papers can be, you know, laid out and uh, templated. Yes. So that they look great. So that the typography is consistent from one book to another. Yep. And so that you can get that content out there and get it in front of people, get it in people's hands. Yep. You don't have to design no. everything that comes along no. the transom. And in fact, if you're always designing differently, then you're really going to uh, mess up that brand voice and that, that visual appearance. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for being on the podcast, I'm Leanne. so glad you had... This was a lot of fun, and I appreciate <laughs> good, the opportunity. Yeah, that's usually... It's usually... It's pretty nerve-wracking when someone's bit. on for, like, at the first time. But it, I do try to make it fun, and yeah, so... So yeah, thanks for being Thank on. Yeah. So once again, share us your website and how people can reach you. Yes, I'm <laughs> Leanne Eddins at laeddins.com. You can get me at leanne at laeddins.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining us for the Bandwidth Marketing Podcast. If you're looking for any kind of marketing direction or implementation, if you want to get connected with Leanne or anyone else on our team, um, Leanne's a contractor, can be a contractor, Absolutely. or you can contact her directly. Um, get in touch with us. You can find us at bandwidthmarketing.com. Um, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye.